0: has struck again children I'm just at my office right now it's not even 4am and I am freezing I just put a t-shirt on I couldn't sleep <laughs> all you boys kind of meandered into our room and uh, so I, I just couldn't sleep my mind is just wandering and I'm going, I just thought I'm going to go to the office. I'm going to record a podcast. And you know, who doesn't love First Samuel and everything that's about to happen next? So, so we'll record that. I'll, I'm also editing the um, David and Goliath podcast. And yeah, I, uh, I'm cold because I didn't put a sweatshirt on. I don't want to r- rifle through the close this morning and wake your mom up. Although I'm sure I woke her up as I left. But, but we'll, Let's see. What Bible do I... Is that the only Bible I have? This is a I think of the New King James Version. I don't know if I that. Oh, I'm such a... Oh, let me say One second. just... Yeah, it's a New King James version. I'm, let's see if there's something in my truck. Or I may even just read from, from the computer. I've never done that before. Never done that. Let's see. Uh, so I'm obviously clean my office. Very neat. I think... Every other Friday, someone comes in to to um, vacuum and put stuff in order, which is nice. So let's see. I, I, maybe I will read from. Let's see. Samuel. Let's see where are we? Seventeen. First Samuel seventeen. No, we're on 1 Samuel 18. Let's see. There we go. Yeah, this will do. I'll I'll do it that way. Yeah, I don't like the New King James Version. I don't know why I bought that Bible. My father talked a lot about how the King James Version is the most accurate version. And God bless my dad. He had lots of opinions. I didn't agree with all of them. So we don't, you know, that's fine. Finish brewing. Made some hot chocolate. I don't think I should come home smelling like coffee. Your mom hates the smell. Cause it's three, I should be home by five. After posting a couple episodes. Um, You know what's going on? That's weird. Yeah. All right. It's kind of strange. It's so weird being here in the middle of the night. It's so peaceful. I really love being here. Although I, I do miss you guys. I did uh, fall asleep a couple of times, but the king <clears throat> uh, hit me in the head a couple times with his elbow. So that's not really conducive to sleeping. This week is what they call it Presidents Week or Ski Week. And we're using the week to clean the house, get it ready for a party on Saturday. Uh it's oh, loud. And also clean the main bedroom so your mom and I can finally move into it. And so we could move you kids into your own rooms. I don't know how that's going to play. Your kids your entire lives have been in the same room. Luckily the rooms are big. But it's time to spread you guys out. And everyone has an opinion on how we should spread the kids out. And those aren't my, you know, the only opinion that really matters is your mom's. (sighs) Oh. Oh my gosh, it's hot. Oh, I'm tired. All right, let's try and read this from from the what's it called? Uh, the computer. First uh, Samuel chapter eighteen. Remember, this is right after David killed Goliath. And he walked over to talk with Saul, and Jonathan was there. And as he was walking over there, he still had Goliath's head. Goliath being a nine-foot-three-inch, probably, giant. Um, After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic, and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul, with singing and dancing with joyful songs, with timbrels and lyres. And they danced and they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry, this refrain displeased him greatly. They had credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre, as he usually did. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men, and David led the troops in their campaigns. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw well, when Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he led them in their campaigns. Saul said to David, Here is my oldest daughter, Mirab; I will give her to you in marriage, only serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. For Saul said to himself, I will not raise a hand against him. Let the Philistines do that. But David said to Saul, Who am I and what is my family or my clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? So, when the time came for Merab, Saul's daughter, to be given to David, she was given in marriage to Adriel of Meholah. Now, Saul's daughter Michael was in love with David, and when they told Saul about it, he was pleased. I will give her to him, he thought, so that she may be a snare to him, and so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, Now you have a second opportunity to become my son in law. Then Saul ordered his attendants to speak to David privately and say, Look, the king likes you, and his attendants all love you. Now become his son-in-law. They repeated these words to David, but David said, Do you think it's a small matter to become the king's son-in-law? I'm only a poor man and little known. Let me take this out. When Saul's servants told him what David had said, Saul replied, Say to David, the king wants no other price for the bride than a hundred Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hands of the Philistines. When the attendants told David these things, he was pleased to become the king's son-in-law. So before the allotted time elapsed, David took his men with him and went out and killed 200 Philistines and brought back their Philistines. They counted out the full number to the king so that David might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him his daughter, Michael, in marriage. When Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michael loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. The Philistine commanders continued to go out to battle and as often as they did, David met with more success than the rest of Saul's officers and his name became well known. For a while, I'm going to stop before I go to 19 and 20. For a while, uh, this chapter bothered me because an evil spirit of the Lord, that doesn't make any sense. And one of the pastors in my church explained that it wasn't of the Lord so much that God has control of everything, and He can order a demon to torment someone, and they. That's what my pastor believes. He, that happened. That was the second time that was mentioned. An evil spirit of the Lord. So the Lord is not evil at all, but the Lord does have command. And just as we later on read in the New Testament, when Jesus commands a demon to come out of someone, they come out. It's the exact same thing. Here, instead of coming out, uh, God was telling this probably demon to torment Saul. Also, it's just amazing that Jonathan loved David and gave him so much. And you notice that David was successful because the Lord was with him. He wasn't successful on his own. He killed Goliath because the Lord was with him. you need to attribute success to the Lord because the Lord is giving it to you. He has full power over everything in this dominion. All right. Chapter 19. Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David, but Jonathan had taken a great liking to David and warned him. My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I'll speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. Excuse me. Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you. And what has he done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all of Israel. And you saw it and were glad. Why then would you want to do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan and took his oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and told him the whole conversation. He brought him to Saul and David was with Saul as before. Once more war broke out and David went out and fought the Philistines He struck them with such force that they fled before him. But an evil spirit from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand while David was playing the lyre. Saul tried to pin him to the wall again with his spear, but David eluded him as Saul had drove his spear into the wall. That night David made good his escape. Saul sent men to David's house to watch it and to kill him in the morning, but Michael, David's wife, warned him, if you don't run for your life tonight, tomorrow you'll be killed. So Michael let David down through a window, and he fled and escaped. Then Michael took an idol and laid it on the bed, covering it with a garment and putting some goat's hair on as the head. When Saul sent the men to capture David, Michael said he's ill. Then Saul sent the men back to see David and told them,
1: <coughs>
0: "Excuse me, sniffles, bring him up to me in his bed, so that I may kill him." But when the men entered, there was the idol in the bed. At the and at the head was some goat's hair. Saul said to Michael, why did you deceive me like this and send my enemy away so that he escaped? Michael told him, he said to me, let me get away. Why should I kill you? When David had fled and made his escape, he went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. <clears throat> then he and Samuel went to Nioth and stayed there. Word came to Saul. David is in Naioth at Ramah. So he sent men to capture him. But when they saw a group of prophets prophesying, with Samuel standing there as their leader, the Spirit of God came on Saul's men, and they also prophesied. Saul was about was told about it, and he sent more men, and they prophesied too. Saul sent men a third time, and they also prophesied. Finally, he himself left for Ramah and went to the great cistern at Seku, And he asked, Where are Samuel and David? Over in Nioth, uh, at Ramah, they said. So Saul went to Naioth at Ramah, but the Spirit of God came even on him, and he walked along prophesying until he came to Niath. He stripped off his garments, and he too prophesied in Samuel's presence. He lay naked all that day and all that night. This is why people say, I saw also among the prophets. Mm, sorry, I'm taking a lot of pauses because I'm drinking uh, some hot chocolate. Let's see. See, David knew Saul's word was no good, even when Jonathan assured him that I, you know, as surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. Saul is, for me at this point, Saul is almost unredeemable because he's just lying left and right and he's making oaths left and right. Before an oath mattered to Saul, and it mattered to prophets and leaders in the Bible. You make an oath, and you follow it, like uh, like the oath that who was it the judge made? We discussed it a couple episodes ago. The judge made that the first person to come out of the house will be killed, and it was his daughter, and he allowed her to to cry for a month or two in the woods or something because she'd never get married. So I mean, oaths were a powerful thing, and Saul made an oath. As long as the Lord shall live. And he said it to his son. Even, I'm sure even Jonathan was ashamed at that. Let's see, where are we? Where are we at the time? Not too much. Not 15 minutes. Take another sip. Chapter 20. Then David fled from Nioth at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he's trying to kill me? Never, Jonathan replied. You are not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything, great or small, without letting me know. Why would he hide this from me? It isn't so. But David took an oath and said, again an oath, Your father knows very well that I have found favor in your eyes, and he has said to himself, Jonathan must not know this or he will be grieved. Yet as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, there is only a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, Whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. This friendship is just so amazing. So David said, look, tomorrow is the new moon feast. and I am supposed to dine with the king, but let me go and hide in the field until the evening of the day after tomorrow. If your father misses me at all, tell him. David earnestly asked my permission to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown, because an annual sacrifice is being made there for his whole clan. If he says very well, then your servant is safe. But if he loses his temper, you can be sure that he is determined to harm me. As for you, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I am guilty, then kill me yourself. Why hand me over to your father? Never, Jonathan said. If I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? David asked, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Come, Jonathan said. Let's go out into the field. So they went there together. Then Jonathan said to David, David, I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, that I will surely sound out my father by this time, the day after tomorrow. If he is favorably disposed toward you, will I not send you word and let you know? But if my father intends to harm you, may the Lord deal with Jonathan, be it ever so severely. If I do not let you know and send you away in peace, may the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. But show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live, so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon feast. You will be missed, because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow, toward evening, go to the place where you hid when, there, when this trouble began, and wait by the stone Ezel. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it, or so I will shoot again a target. Then I will send a boy and say, go find the arrows. If I say to him, look, the arrows are on the side of you, bring them here. Then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, you are safe, there is no danger. But if I say to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go, because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discuss, remember, the Lord is witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the field, and when the new moon feast came, the king sat down to eat. He sat in his customary place by the wall opposite Jonathan. And Abner sat next to Saul, but David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day, for he thought, something must have happened to David to make him ceremonial unclean. Surely he is unclean. But the next day, the second day of the month, David's place was empty again. Then Saul said to his son, Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the meal, either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, Let me go because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town, and my brother has ordered me to be there. If I have found favor in your eyes, let me get away to see my brothers. This is why he has not come to the king's table. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan, and he said to him, "'You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, "'don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse "'to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? "'As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, "'neither you nor your kingdom will be established. "'Now send someone to bring him here, bring him to me, "'for he must die.'" "'Why should he be put to death? "'What has he done?' Jonathan asked his father. "'But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. "'Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David.'" Or you think? Take a Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger on that second day of the feast. He did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him and he said to the boy, run and find the arrows I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him, isn't the arrow beyond you? and shouted, hurry, go quickly, don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing about all this, only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, go carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, go in peace, For we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to the town. I I think Jonathan knows he's not going to survive, and he wants David to make an oath to make sure that Jonathan's family is not destroyed after everything's done. And I think that's, excuse me. That's just Jonathan just loving David so much that he wants to make sure if David ever, I guess maybe if David ever goes bad or if anyone ever wants to do anything to Jonathan's family, nothing happens. And that's going to bite David in the butt later because when David does come to power, there will, there's going to be a lot of infighting between Jonathan's claim and David's and Jonathan will have been gone, but Jonathan's descendants are going to claim that they have a right to the throne. And David is ends up becoming very like true to his word. He does not deal harshly with Jonathan's family. All right. I'm gonna finish on twenty one and then we'll then I'll probably head home because 21's pretty short. David went to Nob, to Ahimelech, the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he met him and asked, Why are you alone? Why is no one with you? David answered Ahimelech, the priest, The king sent me on a mission and said to me, No one is to know anything about the mission I am sending you on. As for my men, I have told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread and whatever you could find. But the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women. David replied, Indeed, women have been kept from us, as usual, whenever I set out. The men's bodies are holy, even on missions that are not holy. How much more so today? So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. Now one of Saul's servants was there that day, detained before the Lord. He was Doeg, the Edomite, Saul's chief shepherd. David asked Ahimelech, Don't you have a spear or a sword here? I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon because the king's mission was urgent. The priest replied, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, take it. There's no sword here but that one. David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. That day, David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing... Uh, about in their songs in their dances Saul had slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish king of Gath so he pretended to be insane in their presence and while he was in their while he was in their hands he acted like a madman making marks on the floor doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard Achish said to his servants look at this man he's insane why bring him to me Am I so short of bad men that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? We're going to read another chapter. I don't want to end on that. <laughs> um, chapter 22. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Here we go. This is He's going to be here for a while. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress, or in debt, or discontented gathered around him, and he became their commander. About four hundred men were with him. From there, David went to Mizpah in Moab, and said to the king of Moab, Would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him as long as David was in the stronghold. But the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold, go into the land of Judah. So David left and went to the forest of Harish. Now Saul heard that David and his men had been discovered, and Saul was seated, spear in hand, out of the tamarisk tree on the hill of Gibeah, with all his officials standing at his side. He said to them, Listen, men of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? Is that why you have all conspired against me? No one tells me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is concerned about me or tells me that my son has incited my servant to lie and wait for me, as he does today. But Doeg, the Edomite, who was standing with Saul's officials, said, I saw the son of Jesse come to Ahimelech, son of Ah Ahitub, at Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord before him. He also gave him provisions and the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. Then the king sent for the priest Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, and all the men of his family who were the priests at Nob. And they all came to the king. Saul said, Listen now, son of Ahitab. Yes, my lord, he answered. Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you, the son of Jesse, giving him bread and a sword and inquiring of God for him, so that he has rebelled against me and lies in wait for me as he does today? Ahimelech answered the king, Who of all your servants is as loyal as David, the king's son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard and highly respected in your household? Was that day the first time I inquired of God for him? Of course not. Let not the king accuse your servant or any of his father's family, for your servant knows nothing at all about his whole affair. But the king said, You will surely die, Ahimelech, you and your whole family. Then the king ordered the guards at his side, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because they too have sided with David. They knew he was fleeing, yet they did not tell me. But the king's officials were unwilling to raise a hand to strike the priests of the Lord. The king then ordered Dog. Or Do- D-O-E-G. I don't know how to pronounce it. You turn and strike down the priests. So dog the Edomite turned and struck them down. That day he killed 85 men who wore the linen ephod. He also put to the sword Nob, the town of the priests with its men and women, its children and infants, and its cattle, donkeys, and sheep. Oh my God. But one son of Hilmelech, son of Ahitab, named Abiathar, escaped and fled to join David. He told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. Then David said to Abiathar, That day when Dog the Edomite was there, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul, I'm responsible for the death of your whole family. Stay with me, don't be afraid. The man who wants to kill you is trying to kill me too. You'll be safe with me. Now, what a powerful statement. David doesn't say, Oh, Saul is a terrible person. David takes responsibility for the death of his whole family, even though it really wasn't him being responsible. And then he offers the man uh, refuge. It's it's just amazing, what what David does in the name of the Lord. And Saul is now just completely gone. Now he's killing priests of the Lord. It's insanity. It all this almost reads like a like a video game, where okay, I think of like the, I think of like the Legend of Zelda trying to get the Master Sword. David goes to the priests of, of Nob, and. Uh, He's like, I don't have anything to eat. Well, you got have this holy bread, so long as your you and your men are, are clean, consecrated. And then he says, Do you have any weapons, sword, or spear? And he says, We have the sword of Goliath. It's it's just um it's amusing. I'm sure this is exactly what happened. Just They they mentioned the sword of Goliath a couple times. It must have been enormous, by the way. <laughs> you know, so it's four twenty we should have been talking for about 29 minutes. I'm probably going to head back home. Hopefully I'm... What's it called? Um, productive today. I, uh... Ooh, I'm cold. <sighs> Sorry. Ugh. Yesterday was Sunday. We, um... We had a nice morning. Me and your mom and you all. What do we do? We, um... Finished watching Prince Caspian. We had a really nice breakfast and then we went to church to the, um, we went to church late. So we did the Spanish church, the Spanish Spanish service, which I didn't really get too much. Then they, they were selling food out to benefit people going to camp. So we we bought that food. The, it was like tacos and it was really good. It was really good. Then we went to the chiropractor to help you with your mom's neck because of her concussion and the bike accident she had. Then we went home. We cleaned a little bit. I went to the store. You kids were really good about being quiet. You know, I had such a fun time yesterday. I built this Hot Wheel set. It's like this ultimate garage. It's like three feet tall, and it could it could um, what's it called store like a hundred Hot Wheels. Me and the Spy had so much fun playing with it. Actually, everyone did. Um, I'm excited. I want to buy some extensions to it, like make a huge Hot Wheel track. I used to do that with my dad growing up, and I had a blast. And I uh, kind of miss that. So I had a, I had a great time was with you guys yesterday, especially the Spy. And then uh, as I was making dinner, your mom went to go to your um, aunt's work to pick up some vitamins or something and I was, the spy kept coming out and like fighting me while I was trying to make pork cutlets and it was really funny and, and I enjoyed it so much I really enjoy you kids wish you could stay young forever but you can't I love you all and the hand of God is upon you all and I love you with all my heart and so is your mom as I and in everything you do do it for the kingdom
1: and the kings to never wait on the governments to move as the world bro-